If you're in a state of gratitude, it makes total sense. Then you will accept, believe, and surrender the thoughts that are equal to that emotional state. And you could actually program your autonomic nervous system to make the pharmacy of chemicals that causes growth and repair to happen in the body. When people understand what they're doing and they understand why they're doing it, the how gets easier. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome to this special masterclass. We've brought some of the top experts in the world to help you unlock the power of your life through this specific theme today. It's going to be powerful, so let's go ahead and dive in. I promise you start giving, start feeling grateful, and then start practicing feeling gratitude. Teach your body just for 15 minutes a day what it would like to feel, feel gratitude, what it would be like. And our data shows that you take someone to do that for four days, three times a day, they make a immunoglobulin called immunoglobulin A. It's your body's natural flu shot. It's the greatest immune, immune uh, chemical we have. 50% increase in, in the subjects we studied in four days. Immunoglobulin A, up 50% in four days. Where is that chemistry coming from? They're not taking anything. It's coming from within them, right? No supplements, no injections, Nothing. no topicals. No, no, no. Just their bodies, their Just autonomic nervous system is manufacturing a pharmacy of chemicals that's causing an immunity to the body. Wow. Right? So now a person practices feeling gratitude, okay? What is the emotional signature of gratitude? When you receive something or you just receive something, when something wonderful happened to you or something wonderful is happening to you, you feel grateful. Yes. So the emotional signature of gratitude is... Something just wonderful happened, or right. something something it's is joyful, happening to me. It's, yeah, but, it, but you're in a state of yeah. receivership. Yes. You've just received something, right? So the emotional signature of gratitude is received, right? So now, if you're in a state of gratitude, it makes total sense. Then you will accept, believe, and surrender the thoughts that are equal to that emotional state, and you could actually program your autonomic nervous system to make the pharmacy of chemicals that causes growth and repair to happen in the body. Wow! And that's exactly what we're discovering. So then. When people understand what they're doing and they understand why they're doing it, the how gets easier. Mm. So you can assign meaning to the task and switch on the prefrontal cortex. And when you switch on that prefrontal cortex, it wants to get an outcome. It doesn't want to mess around. It wants the outcome. You're doing it for the outcome. And that's kind of a strong intention and a change in energy or an emotional state. And that's changing your state of being. Mm. And when you change your state of being like that every day, get ready. Because you're going to start having synchronicities and opportunities <laughs> and coincidences and weird things start happening in your life to prove to you that you're actually the creator of your life instead of the victim of your life. Absolutely. Gosh, there's so much I want to unpack here. One of them is you mentioned something around 75 to 90% of people go into the doctor's office and it's based on an emotional imbalance that probably causes or influences them to be there, right? They might feel physical pain, but it's based on an emotional state that they've been in for a long time. Mm -hmm. that gets and, a, and a host of bad choices a lot of that things, may go yeah, with yeah. that. But a lot of it is emotional mm -hmm. as a, a baseline. That's exactly correct. You talked about frequency. We talked about emotional signatures. And we talked about identity and personality. When I went to your advanced seven-day 
uh, experience. When I went there, you had an entire, I don't know, probably a few hour explanation about frequencies and energies. The highest level frequency where we could be at to allow us to feel more abundant and peaceful and, and, and have balance and harmony to lower level frequencies that are going to cause us to feel more stress and anger and, you know, feel like we're in constant breakdown, right? And the higher the frequency we get to, the more conscious we are, the lower the frequency, the more unconscious we are. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing, you know, hours of research and science that you teach during this. What is the lowest level of emotion that will keep us stuck in a non-receivership, a non-abundant mentality and state and a, and a place of pain versus the highest level of emotion that we could be in more frequently that will allow us to feel more peace and in harmony in our health, but also in our life? What are those two opposite emotions? Mm. Okay. Um, I just want to finish the last thought about physical, chemical, and emotional stress. Brilliant. And then I want to an answer that. So if you're truly interested then in sustaining homeostasis and, ho and balance, then you're going to have to self-regulate. Yes. And, and it would be wonderful. And we're working, we have this new program called the Inner Health Coalition because we've had so many doctors, so many researchers, so many healthcare providers come through our events. Many of them heal themselves from all kinds of health conditions, from spinal cord injuries to stage four cancers that really just want to really look to see how this model could actually fit in their clinic. And there's got to be a different conversation mm. that can happen around health because chronic health conditions are created from a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And if you don't change your lifestyle, nothing is going to change because nothing changes in our life until we change. So then, if then you would go to a practitioner where you could actually practice brain and heart coherence, which is our formula. Mm -hmm. Get your brain feeling those elevated emotions, uh, at your, sorry, get your heart feeling those elevated emotions and then get your brain coherent and do the, do the exercises to get your brain and body back into regulation, into homeostasis. And then the key element is not that you react. I mean, who doesn't react? The question is... You're perfect, Dr. Joe. You never react, right? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the question is, how long? Right. How long are you going to do that yeah. for? I mean, if you keep it going on, then it, there it must be an addiction because an addiction is something you think you can't stop mm. or knowing something isn't good for you and you do it anyway. That's when you know you're addicted, right? right? So, so then t get the patient to really work on the emotional states that are keeping them and their body in the past. But it's so hard for people, I feel like, right? Yeah, because, because, because up until recently, there haven't been a whole lot of scientifically proven formulas or ways to teach people how to do that. People, by nature, want to get over their emotional state. They've just been hypnotized, they've been programmed, they've been conditioned into using something outside of them to take away this feeling inside to of them. To numb the pain. Yeah, to, 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 it's nothing wrong. Distract, numb. But, but yeah. you could, you could, you know, you could go watch a movie or, you know, mm -hmm. you could do this, you can do that, you can do, you do all these different things, go out to dinner, just, just to make the feeling away. But the problem is the feeling always comes back. You're right. And so now when the person reaches that point where they're saying nothing's making this feeling go away, this is game time. 
this is where the person's not responding to texts any longer. Right. They're not want to go to dinner with the same people. They don't want to do the same things. They don't watch the don't watch the same TV show. They want to get on the computer any longer. This is this feeling is disturbing. Nothing's making it. No drug. No shopping spree. No no sports car. No nothing's making this feeling go away. This is a this is a key moment, right? Because now the person is going to start to realize that no one or nothing in their life is going to make this feeling go away but them. Right. And this is the key moment. This is where the person really decides to change. This is the because they can see themselves for the first time because they no longer feel like themselves. They're no longer distracted by that. They can see how they think. They can notice how they've been acting and decide, oh my God, I don't want to do that anymore. The choices they've made or the experiences they just want to no longer do and the feelings that they no longer want to feel, right? And they start breaking their emotional agreements with everybody and everything in their life. And people really get worried because they're no longer predictable. They're not showing up as the memory of themselves, right? So what do you do? You medicate them, the person's depressed, you know, their midlife crisis. But really, it's the soul saying, um, there's a future. And you may not know what it is, but you can't go back to that. Right. You, can't, you just can't go back any longer. You can't. You already know. You can predict everything that's going to happen. It, you got to start. You got to start saying no, or you got to start looking deep, or you got to start changing. And this is where um, it's so important for people then to understand that this is not a bad thing. This is actually a good thing. It just doesn't feel good any longer because uh, you're you're ready to change, right? So this is what we should be naturally doing. So when the person says, "Oh my God, I want to feel something else." in my life than this. Okay, I'm going to watch how I respond to my coworker. I'm going to watch how I respond to my own thoughts. When did I default today and return back to the old self? Uh, uh, and they get really serious about looking closely at how they can change the way they think, act, and feel. And we have so many testimonials of people that were uh, diagnosed with chronic health conditions and they got themselves in their meditations uh, back into elevated emotional states and and changed their energy and changed their frequency we'll get to that mm -hmm. um but then they get up from their meditation and they spend the next 15 hours in in, in fear and frustration why and, is that though because they went unconscious they defaulted so you got got to get so good at doing it with your eyes closed you got to start doing it with your eyes open oh man and that's the big game that's the game that's that is the, the game that is the game that is the game right because this is the plane of demonstration you got to demonstrate so you got to you got to start that's why the walking meditations are so important in our work because you got to walk as it if you're going to be relaxed in your heart and awake in your brain, you better do it with your eyes open. So let's practice with let's our go. eyes. There's no yes. other way to do it. You want to get so good at it that you can do it in the most adverse situations. That's you know when you own it, right? So, so then the person then realized that she had to watch her response to her ex. She had to watch her response to her bank account. She had to watch her response to the news. All of those things, she didn't, no drug, no surgery, no chemo, no radiation, no diet, no supplements were taking her health condition away until she realized I had to change, right? Uh -huh. So now she, she, she noticed doing her meditations, her pain levels went down. She noticed she was sleeping better. She noticed she had more energy, but her values for that health condition were still the same. And she said, it's not that this doesn't work. They weren't, she wasn't doing her meditations any longer to heal. She was doing her meditations to change. Mm. And so then she'd say, okay, what do I want to believe today? What thought do I want to fire and wire in my brain? Let me remember it. I gotta keep remembering so I don't forget to think this way. And a belief is just a thought you keep thinking over and over again. So she wanted to hardwire that in her brain. 
She wanted that to be a new voice in her head. Because thoughts that wire together. Fire together and wire together, right? right? So then how am I going to behave? Closing your eyes and rehearsing how you're going to be with your, your ex. And literally think there's got to be another way to be. I can't respond the way I have responded. It's only weakening me. I've got to change my state. Okay, I'm going to be loving. Let me rehearse it. Mental rehearsal. When you keep doing it, rehearsing yourself in the scene, mm. planning your behaviors, your brain will look like you already did it. Mm. And if you keep doing it, it's going to become more, more automatic. It's going to become like a software program. So the brain looks like the experience has already happened. And now you have, you have, you have hardware and software in place to use when you're with your ex because you installed it, right? right. So now you're, now you're doing the meditation to remind yourself who you no longer want to be and remind yourself who you do want to be. So now, okay, the person's now behaves that way and now her response to her ex is different. Evolution that day and the body's no longer brought back to the past and she does it once and she wants to do it again. She wants to get better at it and she starts healing. Then she says, I got to stay in this emotional mm -hmm. state. I don't care who it is or what it is. Let me close my eyes. I'm going to feel this emotion a hundred times if I have to, just so that I can feel it so many times that I can bring it up whenever I want. Now they're becoming familiar with a new state of being, right? And when you feel the emotion of your future before it happens, you'll always believe in that future. Wow. And if you feel the emotion that keeps you connecting in your past, you'll believe in your past. And that's just the way it is. And then you return back to the same self, your same biology, thinking the same thoughts, making the same choices, doing the same things, creating the same experiences, feeling the same emotions. In your biology, your neurocircuitry, your neurochemistry, your hormones, your gene expression all stays the same because you just return back mm. to the same. Okay, so we said seven days. Taking a group of people is what I said to the scientists at Un University of California, San Diego. Seven days. The biology stays the same, this, and they all agreed. I said, give people new information. Combine quantum physics with neuroscience, with neuroendocrinology, with psychoneuroimmunology, with epigenetics, with electromagnetism, build models of understanding, get people to learn new information, they're gonna have new thoughts. Now give them the, the instruction so they can make a new choice, they can do a new thing, they can create a new experience, they can feel a new emotion, will their biology change in seven days? Lo and behold, it changed way greater than we ever expected. Wow. Novice meditators, people who never came to a week-long event, never really meditated that much, the novice meditators, seven days their biology at the end of seven days looked like they were living in a whole new life and it wasn't you know 20 percent or 10 percent it was the majority of the collective mm. now all of those people have different genomes different genotypes and they're all different cultures different races different ages but when we look at the biology of gene expression they're signaling the same genes they're making the same proteins the the collective the herd, the flock, um, the school of fish, the biology, the, there's an emergent biology that's changing collectively. The, the, the probability of that happening is, is it's insanely, uh, insanely minimal. Let me just say that. So then think differently, make a different choice, do a different thing, create a new experience, feel a new emotion, keep doing that, your biology will change. And that's exactly how people heal. So the emotions that keep us I would say, in our more limited animal, amelian, human state, have everything to do with anger and aggression, and fear and anxiety and suffering and pain and guilt and shame and, you know, our resentment, resent me, all of those, those are your, think of, a, think as energy as emotion. 
So those emotions um, are, should, should ultimately be retired as wisdom because the memory without the emotional charge is wisdom and now the game is over and you're ready for a new experience and you can't go to the future holding on to the emotion of the past, right? So you gotta overcome that emotional state. So then wow. you start feeling gratitude, you start feeling more gratitude, you start feeling love, you start feeling more love, you start feeling kindness, you start feeling care, you start feeling appreciation, you start feeling creative, you start feeling inspired, you practice feeling those emotions and you get that heart of yours back into balance. We discovered that once energy makes it to the heart, it's going right to the brain and it's gonna go straight up and it's gonna tell the brain in that moment, the heart is the creative center. It's safe to create. And the Ooh. person moves out of survival and the brain, like, like grabbing a big sheet and going like that, creates a wave of energy right to the brain, coherent energy of the brain. And the brain goes into a creative alpha state and the brain is getting information. The heart is informing the brain. Think of something new. Think of a new possibility. It's a creative state. And the person starts seeing pictures and images. Well, keep sustaining relaxed in your heart, awake in your brain. We see, see how long people can hang with that. We got the brain and heart hooked up together. And then here it comes. You start seeing resonance taking place. There's waves, riding waves, and faster waves building on waves. So delta, the base, is carrying theta, but it's a harmonic, and theta is carrying alpha, and alpha is carrying beta, and beta is carrying uh, high beta, and high beta is going in the gamma. And then when that occurs, the person is feeling ecstasy. There's an arousal, mm. an arousal taking place in the nervous system, but the arousal isn't fear. Like it's not fear. Home. It's not fear. It's not anger. It's not pain. That's typically what creates an arousal. The arousal is ecstasy. So the person is feeling wholeness. They're feeling connected. Mm. They're feeling aware. They're super conscious. The brain is no longer in just coherence. The brain is in resonance. There's waves carrying waves. There's harmonics. There's order within order. There's patterns within patterns, nested observer windows. The brain is functioning mathematically. And so you see that happening. And you ask the person from their subjective experience, how did that feel? They say, I felt so whole. I felt such bliss. I felt such connection. I felt such pure love. I no longer wanted anything. I no longer, it's impossible to want when you're in that state. No desire is for something, because you're, you're well, not in lack. There's no, you're in wholeness, the, the exact opposite. And that's the place to create from. Right. Not from lack, because lack means I'm gonna wait for that thing to happen out there to take away the lack or separation from not having it, mm -hmm. right? This is like your body's believing it's already in that future. And that's exactly what we discovered at the end of seven days. Mm. People move into that state and they're, they're making thousands of metabolites information is in their blood at the end of seven days that wasn't there before and they're not taking any exogenous substance they're not changing their diet it's coming from within them so then the person who starts feeling wholeness it gets very difficult to describe those emotions it's inevitable i mean we ask people what what was it and they just they just well up in tears and they say i don't know it's the most familiar unfamiliar feeling I've ever had. Like I'm remembering what I forgot. Like I forgot that I'm this. I'm, I am pure love. I am, I am this, you know? And I think when we have those experiences, at least when I've had those experiences, I think the takeaway is that it, it didn't come from out there, from anyone or anything. It came from within me. And I think that's the real fundamental moment where people stop looking 
outside of them. It's always been within them. And that relationship that they develop, okay, yeah, we all take hard knocks during our lives and we all have stressors in our life and we're all trying to do as much as we can and you know, walk the tightrope. But, but a person who every single day says, um, I'm not going to get up from my meditation until I absolutely feel like I'm, I'm that person. Man, it's a very different game because and people say, why do you do your meditations in the morning? I say, because if I can overcome me, <laughs> the rest of my day is easy. So, you know, on the path that, I'm kind of, that I've kind of chosen, you know, it's, it's, it's been interesting living in, in this, in this ap- atmosphere that is so uh, kind of inundated mm-hmm. with, with that vibe, but then trying to see through it and, and, and honor yourself and, and do what's good for you, what's mm-hmm. healthy for you and your family. A son helps. Yeah. Kids help. Keeps you grounded. Probably, it keeps yeah. you grounded and humble. Because yeah. they don't really care who you are, how cute you look, uh, <laughs> you <laughs> what roles I mean? you got, or whatever. You know what I mean? You can have really fresh Jordans and a nice ride, but if they have a, you're not feeding if them. They have a fit in the middle of Whole Foods. <laughs> they don't really give a. So, <laughs> exactly. So that's cool. Um, so they help, but you know, you know, I'll be, I'll be in the movie theater, and I'll, I'll be looking at the next Anthony Man, Anthony. Ma- oh, he's another one too. Really, mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. Anthony Mackie film. Um, and then I'll, I'll have that little twinge of, oh, should I be on this poster? And mm. am I, are people thinking I'm not relevant because I'm on a TV show? And mm. um, but then I have to tell myself I'm happy, you know. And would I be, you know, would I be happy being the next, you know, Black Spider Man or whatever? Maybe, but that's months away from the kid and yeah. my bones, my knees. I don't know if I could be <laughs> do all those stunts. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it's a young man's game. So uh, wow. Uh, and you know it's 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 tough to do all that and then and then try to to give back. Do you mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For me, yeah. So uh, so you know that's that's probably the the, the struggle because there's still that little there's still that that young Tay Diggs that fighter, you know the the, the flame you know in, in my eye that that still wants to you know I still want to get an Oscar. I, I sure. still you know love the publicity and whatnot. Um, so I guess that's 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 probably the biggest challenge is keeping myself keeping myself grounded mm. realizing what what is real yeah do you know what i mean because if you let that stuff take you over the hype it will take you over yeah and i don't want to and I, it's I, unfulfilling I, probably after. yeah man yeah at the end of the day um you know my son he fulfills me mm. do you know what i mean um you know reading it sounds so corny but you know being in being the lead of a movie is great but uh but you know when you read read to, to children and you're affecting lives like that you know that doesn't go away yeah you know what i mean you, you know kids like if i had written you know where the wild things are hmm. do you know what i mean um, legacy right there. you know what i mean that doesn't yeah. go away people will forget if i'm spider-man yeah you know what i mean no matter how much the, the opening weekend is um people forget real quick too quick yeah. do you know what i mean especially um, if you haven't done anything in two three you know years, what i mean it's and like, it's really not fair yeah. It's really not fair, especially you know, as an African American actor, people are making history, and uh, and uh, and it's just getting overlooked. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, so uh, uh, I'm 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 cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm cool. 
One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What's the biggest fear for you moving forward in life and your career? Oh, it's all just my, my son's health. You know, when you, when you have a child, uh, it's, it's, it's the most vulnerable thing. Mm. Uh, the, yeah, uh, it's crazy. So, um, you know, I just try to put that out of my head and just stay positive because if I think about what my life would be without him or if something awful happened to him, I, I don't even know. Right. So that's, that's, that's an easy question to answer. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you really don't have control or something like yeah, it, child. I mean, I'm, I'm, I w- I'm choosing to believe I do. Sure, but sure, right, right, right. <laughs> I'm willing it. So, but at yeah, the end yeah. of the day, you know, yeah. So. Um, I just try to stay positive and, and, and keep him in my prayers. I hear you. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're around a lot of actors all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like self-love is something that actors need more of? 100 I think the world needs more of it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. What do you think, uh, how do you practice self-love yourself? And what would you, how would you give back to people listening who are maybe struggling or trying to figure out you know, their worth in the world? whether it be in a relationship, mm-hmm. career, anything, what's some ways you can practice? What's not building your ego too much, but mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. the fulfilling self-love, you know? Sure, sure. Hmm. I, think it, uh, I think it manifests itself differently in different, in different people. Um, you know, uh, like for me, um, with talent, you know, I didn't have an issue because people were always mm. there telling me how that I had something. You know, it, it had to deal with, uh, for me, uh, um, deserving uh, uh, the pretty girl mm. or, or uh, deserving to be in a conversation, you know. Um, so uh, I think at the end of the day, it's tough, man. It's one of the hardest. I think it could be one of the hardest things um, to do, which is just convince yourself that you are worth it just you who you are not and not comparing yourself or putting yourself in a context um because it's so easy to say oh uh am i uh as intelligent as this Hmm. person and then looking at what you have you know to offer in terms of intelligence Hmm. because it's not about that because that can easily be taken away or you cannot have it so you have to find who you are as a person um, regardless of everything else and everyone else around you and just be cool with that and let that power you so that no matter how great, how handsome, how talented, no matter how whatever it is you are, you can you consider yourself more than enough. Yeah. And in this world that's based on all of that other shit, it's mm. really tough to do. Because yeah. we, we're here and the first thing we ask ourselves is, you know, what what do I have to offer? What makes me different? What makes me special? So that's that's where I think the the, the difficulty comes mm. in. 
do you have a practice that you do like every morning to help you get ready for the day Man, or a ritual I, or routine or anything? Yes, I do. It just changes every <laughs> three days. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because I'm still I'm still on that tip of what works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if I if I like meditate for twenty minutes and then I have a great day for the next week, I'll meditate. Yeah. And then until I have a sucky day and then I'll try something else. Sure, sure. But you know, um you know, it's it's tough to not be result oriented, you know, growing up an actor and mm -hmm. dealing with sports and um but for me it's it's having a practice. Mm. Uh, and something that kind of uh, forces you to be outside yourself um, uh, and, and realize that there's something more. I think whatever whatever that is, I feel like you're, you're, you're pretty good if, if you can focus on that. Yeah. Uh, that being one of the things, you know, um, and then and then afterwards, then actually focusing on yourself um, so that you can allow yourself to focus more on other people. You know sure, what I mean? Sure, sure. Um, it's tough, man. Yeah, it's tough. This, 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 this cycle of life is the the most difficult, just because um, I'm the most aware, and at the same time, you know, with a being split and a divorce and a single father, you know, I I have the most. Uh, yeah, I've got a, a full plate. Mm. So. Uh, every once in a while, I'll feel sorry for for myself just because I, I just feel like I'm working constantly, trying to be a good person, trying to be a good father, trying to take the high road, you know, trying to be more mindful, trying to be more forgiving. And sometimes I want to say, let me. I mean, sometimes I do. I just came from Vegas. You said it that whole weekend, <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty unmindful and. <laughs> Sure, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, I, I can't wait till I get to the point where, you know, I don't have to binge, you know, where I, yeah, I, can, yeah. you know, where I can just, it can just be life. Mm. Uh, and that can just be where I chill out as opposed to kind of winding it up, winding it up, yeah. and then feeling like I have to unwind, you sure, know, to sure. the point where it's, you know, alcohol and girls and dancing right. and clubs and. You know, I still got a little bit of that in me. Mm -hmm. um, so you got the young Tay Diggs in you. Yeah. You know, because I never, it's, it's so, ma so many things. I never got to do that as, yeah. a, as a young man. You know, grew up really, really religious and mm -hmm. then came into success quick and then got married quick. Um, Working so, all the time, just focused. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then was really judgmental with, you know, oh, these people, you're a bad person if you do this. And, and slowly I started to open up my eyes and started to experiment with stuff and, you know, clubs are fun. Drinking can be fun. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, girls can be fun. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm coming off that train now, but every once in a while, it's it's still fun to just mm -hmm. go a little crazy. Sure. What are non-negotiables for you? Like every day that you're like, I have to do this every day no matter what, or I'm going to, maybe it's not meditate, but I'm, I'm going to eat a certain way. I'm going to think a certain thing. I'm going it's to. It's one of those things. It's yeah. either working out. Well, you know what? To be honest, it's, it's, I force myself to think of others and kind of walk, walk a path mm. of, of trying to to, um, to love. Do you know what I mean? As, as corny as that sounds, trying empathy. Do you know what I mean? Empathy mm. is 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 what it is. Um, I tr uh, every day I'm 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 forcing myself to try to see if if if, if somebody rubs me the wrong way, if if somebody does something whether it be to me or to someone else, or if someone comes to me and asks some advice, you know, I force myself to try 
you know, to, to say something that, that will kind of uh, throw a positive spin mm. on, on something um, and, and not go the negative route. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I feel good uh, about that. Um, I feel good about myself, yeah, when it, when it comes to that. That's something that I'm, 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 I'm pretty diligent in, I think, doing. Mm. There's a lot of uh, young actors and people, writers, um, people in the entertainment world that I know listen to this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could say that there's like the mistakes that a lot of actors make and the things that they do well, what would be like the top two or three things that you think, if you're a young actor, writer, trying to make it in this world, what should they really be focusing on? What, and what is holding them back that you see? You know what? I was thinking of writing a book. <laughs> Um, that, you know, was kind of, uh, um, uh, grounded in humor that, that has to do with, with what well, is going to be like the, you know, the actor's handbook to becoming famous, mm. uh, because it's a cliche, you know, right. it's like, there's a young person has got all this talent, you know, maybe they start out doing plays, then they do a play, they win an award, then they get the card to come to Hollywood, you know, then they do the whole Hollywood thing and it really you know choose them up they date a celebrity lady get married the drugs the strip clubs the this the that and then they fall out fall go to rehab mm-hmm. and then pick this role and then they get nominated for an oscar and then so um so part of me thinks that it's pretty you know you just need to stay grounded and to keep focused and to kind of not fall prey have someone have your back do you know what i mean but then, you know, uh, but then you don't get, uh, you know, sometimes I think you need to get roughed up. You need, hmm. you need experiences so that, uh, so that things mean something, hmm. you know, like all the that I've been through, I've been through it. So now I know, yeah. um, for a minute I was living in great life. I thought I was, you know, a, a good person and kind and, but I didn't know you know what I mean? I didn't know what people meant. I didn't know what it was like to to struggle to a certain extent. And until I did, you know, um the world didn't open up, you know. Uh you need experiences um no matter what. I'm not telling everybody to to get addicted to drugs and right, right. spend $100,000, you know, at a strip club. <laughs> but, you know, you know, everybody has their own kind of path. Um so I you know, I I I don't want people to to end up killing themselves, but I I think it's good that people you know uh, experience some friction. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That they should just be constantly going out, putting themselves out to bigger roles or bigger opportunities, and, and failing essentially, or getting said no to? Or? I think people should follow their instincts. Hmm. You know, I I I, I truly do. Um, um, I mean, I could sit here and say you know be focused and stay mm-hmm. out of trouble and. You know, uh, I think at a young age, if people can realize that there's something outside of themselves, that there's a a, a greater energy. Yeah. You know, I don't think you can go wrong there. But, uh, you know, people living their lives and having their own experiences, um, I think it, 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 it it's, you know, it, it bodes well for them. Mm-hmm. You know, being selfish, you know, all of that. You know, think thinking of others. You yeah. know what I mean? Do yeah. you, do you, but think, but think of others, and and uh, and just go for it. Go hard. Mm, yeah. Uh, Tiff wanted me to ask you a question, and she said, "What was it like to work with uh, 
I'm not answering Tiffany. Know <laughs> Tiffany, she don't know me. <laughs> uh, in private practice, you worked with uh, Shonda Rhimes, yeah. right? Yeah. And she's a big fan of her. She's reading her book she's right now. So oh, are you? Me too. So she wanted to know There's something about yes or something. Uh, what is it? The year. The year. Of the year yes. Of yes. Yeah. So she wanted to know what was it like working with her. She's. It's a big inspiration for her in the in the entertainment world. Oh man, well that was when. Um, yeah, that was a. I was. Uh, I had my my kid when I was on her show. Yeah. That was. Uh, that was. That was a time in my life, you know, time and time again, I feel like I've been uh, blessed. And then, you know, the thing about this, being human, being an actor, being in L.A., um, really, really amazing things can happen to you. And then you can forget and then have fear and doubt. Mm -hmm. And I, I swear to God, actors have the, you know, we, we, we have the shortest just memories. You know, <laughs> things can be so, so bad. You know, and then we can say, all, right, all I need is this job. And, you know, once I get this gig and once I get this card, I'll be fine. Then we get the gig in the car. And we're just complaining about what it's like to be in that car and in that gig. Really? We forget. Oh, man. I mean, actors are awful. <laughs> we're awful people. Okay. We're so, you know, we want for free. And right. if the car's not here at the minute and the cable's not, I mean, you know, if I'm not on this like magazine color and, oh, dude. And and we we come from nothing, you know. So right, right. It, it's not. You would think we would be the most appreciative group on the planet, and instead, it's the opposite. You're getting the most attention. Oh, you're totally. getting the most recognition. Uh, you know what I mean? On the red carpet, just frowning because somebody <laughs> else, you know, went before you. Really? When you just got dropped off in your limo, or the car doesn't come on time. You're wearing a ten thousand dollar outfit. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. I'm sitting next to. Sitting here next to Sandra Bullock, I was supposed to be before her. Oh my like, god! Come on, man! <laughs> like for, but you get caught up in it. Yeah. Um, uh, see, I, I got caught up in that. What was the question? Oh, uh, Shonda, uh, Shonda Rhimes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, 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 I was on a gig where I was like, uh, all right, this next thing I want to, I want to shoot a gun. So I was on a show where I was shooting a gun, and and then you know doing stunts and being the tough guy and. So that ended, and then I thought to myself, oh, you know what? I would love to be on a show like, uh, like Grey's Anatomy. Mm. You know, Shonda Rhimes. I could just, you know, really act and have those amazing monologues and wear a suit. And and the next thing I know, she called me in, and she's like, "I'm this new. There was this new show. I'm, you know, I'm 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 creating with with Kate Walsh, and it's a spinoff. And and I was like, that's this is a dream come true. Wow. Um, you know, you really can manifest some 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 stuff, um, and she was just she was just wonderful. Wow. Um, I don't know how you, you. I can only assume that everybody else had the experience that I had, but I, I don't know if it was because I was black or you know a young man. But I really felt like she was looking out for me. Wow. Um, you know, we'd have you know meetings about the character, and and I could tell. Um, that she was very protective of the character I played. Hmm. And, and you know, unfortunately, in this time, um, in this era, when it comes to African-American roles, um, you have to set a precedent um, just so you don't have to. But if you want to make a difference, yeah. you need to, to set down some, some ground rules so that um, people don't get it twisted. So with that character... You could look at my character as, you know, a professional black man and, you know, know, okay, not all black people take drugs. Not all black people just, 
Not all black people are irresponsible. Gangs or whatever. She didn't make him, like, he was just a good dude through and through. So that um, that character was there and you couldn't do anything about it. And that was proof that black people like this exist. Um, um, And I'm, I'm thankful for that. Um, she's a she's a monster, man. She's just killing it, right. uh, and it's just so exciting. It's, cool. It just tickles me. So big lesson you learned from her working with her. What was what was that? To go for it, hmm. you know. Somebody I don't know. She's she's just did it, you know. She had the audacity, you know, to think that she could do, shit and she's doing it. So executive producing like five or ten shows. Why the not? Best shows on TV or whatever, right? If you would have told me that somebody was going to do that, I would have laughed in your face right. and said, why don't you just chill with one? <laughs> right. Like, be cool. Right, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. What makes you think that they're going to open the door for you? And she was like, F- it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm kicking this door down and I'm going to be really good at it. Wow. Um, you know, so. Amazing. It's, yeah, it really is. That's really cool. I mean, this is, I didn't think. I knew stuff like this was going to go down, but I didn't think it would happen this fast with, you know, a black president and then people right. like like Shonda Rhimes just and and people have just gone so far beyond, you know, mm-hmm. my expectations. Um, you know, my mother used to say, um, make sure you can do everything better than they can, whoever it is. Um, and 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 all of these people I think you know, came from that school where it's like, you be so great that they cannot deny you. Yeah. What do you say to people who are in those situations that are struggling to choose happiness because it just feels like there's so much chaos in their life? Well, first of all, I acknowledge the chaos. And I think it's important that we don't give some false perception that when life is hard, that we can't acknowledge that it is hard. I have been there. Like, I remember when I got out of depression, you know, I had a a suicide attempt and then I became a father of two quickly of, um, you know, my kids were 10 and seven and I did not know how to parent. I didn't have no money. I was choosing whether I gave my kids gas money. I mean, gave my kids lunch money or putting gas in my car and things were difficult. The relationship that I was in was bad. It was unhealthy. And so I understand all of that list you just said. And... Back then, I didn't choose happiness because, of course, like you just expressed, you don't know how. You know, when there is darkness around you, you it is very difficult to see it. And I acknowledge that. And so I will, I don't want somebody to feel alone and being like, well, maybe I'm just because you'll end up getting into a cycle of being harder on yourself. And you start beating yourself up because the world is beating you up. And in that moment, what I did is realize I get to say that this is the world This is the world that the circumstances I was born into or situations that I found myself in because of choices I didn't know. The first way I used to choose happiness is I used to say something. There was a song and I wish I could remember the artist's name. She'd say, I'm a young soul. I came to this strange. You know that song? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the lyrics, but I know. Yeah. I don't remember who that was, but I used to give myself some grace and and I would say, you're a young soul. You're, You're, you don't know. You didn't know. And that one statement that came from that song gave me just a bit to see that I could choose happiness because of the fact that I realized I didn't know this all. So now I know I'm a young soul. I didn't know it. So 
okay, so these things are happening. What can I learn from each of them? And when I say, what can I learn from each of them was my next step of saying, learning is me choosing happiness in this moment. So I think we have to understand how to define happiness in our darkest moments or redefine happiness so that way you can then feel better. Because learning for me, acknowledging that I was a young soul and I wasn't supposed to know everything was made me just a little happiness. It was a redefinition. Me then deciding to learn how to, I remember the first book I, I got on how to be a better parent. I was like, I'm so happy right now because I'm taking a step to learn. Yes. You're getting a tool. I'm getting a tool. Mm. Like back to that little triangle, yeah. I'm getting a tool. And that tool for me made me happy. So I just spent the next couple of years of redefining over and over again what happiness looked like in the moment I was in. And I think if more people can do that, instead of looking at happiness is supposed to be on the beach, happiness is, you know, uh, smiling kids. I don't know what right, happiness is right, right. supposed to be for you because like... Some days I'm like, okay, these kids just got out of school, went to school <laughs> on time. You know, like I didn't get a call from a teacher. I am happy. Like I redefine happiness to that, that milestone. And then later on, I was like, oh my gosh, now I'm working on my career and I'm doing this. And, and then I redefine happiness again. So I think the redefining happiness for you and wherever you are is, is going to be a helpful tool of, like you said, practicing that gratitude and recognizing happiness. Speaking about your kids, what's been uh, the greatest lesson that your kids have taught you? They don't teach me anything. No, I'm joking. Um, um, they, I mean, it's a, it's a million things they teach me. Um, my son's making me a better communicator. Mm. Um, my kids are the best mirror for me if I allow it. Um, and that's a big thing because a lot of parents don't allow it. They don't allow their kids to be the mirrors that they need. Um, and it wasn't even sometimes with the words they said, you know, I worked in social services for many years and I remember just coming home and being impatient because I was so stressed from work and my kids' problems just seemed so small. And there's nothing like being like, you know what, just you, look at all you have. Be, be happy for what you have. Saying that to a child and them looking at you like, like, what did I do? that you learn really quickly, like, wow, I'm being impatient to your young life. Yeah, of course, you don't know what's going on in the world, so this is your world. And they're a young you're, soul. Yeah, you're a young soul. This is your world. And you're in your world, this is a big problem for you. And so I have to have empathy towards that. It may not be a problem for you because you overcame it 20 years 20 prior. Years yeah. in, in 20 years prior. And so with them, they just taught me, like, be introspective in that way. Like, you know, um, I watched this YouTube video today where this guy was in a mall and he was being interviewed by some YouTuber or, you know, TikToker and someone walked past him in the camera and the guy who was interviewing said, look, look at this. Look, he just walked. He so when he walked past us while we're filming and the other guy speaking to him said, well, maybe we don't look at it as he's being malicious. Maybe he's in his head because something just happened. And maybe like we have to just understand that like he's a human being going through a lot of stuff. And maybe he's just unaware. Like many of us are unaware as we walk through this world. And like, and it's like, wow. And my kids did that for me. The same perspective he gave, my kids gave me that to me. So when I'm talking to someone, I always stop myself and I say, they're going through their own stuff. So right now I need to be empathy to, em empathetic to where they're at. And I'm not going to be impatient because they're not growing at the pace that I want them to grow at. Or I'm not going to have this expectation of where they should be or what they should know because I assume that they should know it. And my kids definitely taught me that. And 
that came from me just looking at my how I reacted to them, realizing that I need to react in better to them and I need to react be better to the world around mm. me. Wow. One of the big challenges I see a lot of people face with is figuring out relationships in general, but typically intimate relationships. Yeah. And I know you coach a lot of people on your talk show and also on Queer Eye. Um, you guys work with people in their relationships, in their intimacy, and how to really become better human beings. Why do you think people struggle so much in intimacy? Um, and I know you and I have struggled in our past. I yeah, mean, you know, yeah, yeah. Every we relationship. yeah. We talked about it beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> but why do you think it's so challenging just for a lot of people? Um, to create like harmony, peace in a relationship, not a perfection. Well, most of people don't have the models of it. And the models we're given, you know, is so dated. I mean, like people have said this a million times over, but like think about it as kids, you know, as much as I love the new Disney movie, Haley Berry is, I'm ha Halle Berry is, or Haley Bailey is just killing it. Uh, I'm like, the first model we gave to little girls was like, give up your voice for a man. You know, like we like, drop a shoe behind you know what i mean like i remember the first time i went to a guy's house and i left something behind it was like that's toxic and i did that because you know cinderella told me girl you leave a shoe behind he gonna come find you he's gonna invite you back and it's not true or it's beauty not and the beast let me make you a prisoner let me make you let a me prisoner. abuse you abuse you and then have you fall in love with me fall in love with me i mean come on and so we don't most of us don't have the right models we never got them we might not have seen it in our home and if we did see it in our home where it was a really healthy most of the times our parents didn't really tell us the struggles because every relationship has issues. And the ones that are perfect have stayed together for 40 years, 50 years, usually aren't as transparent as they need to be about the struggles they had. I remember Michelle Obama, you know, a couple months back got in trouble because she had said she'd been with Barack for 30 years and 10 of them were bad. And she said, I'll take those odds. And a lot of people were like, what, you're taking 10 odds? And she wasn't saying 10 consecutive years of like, I'm being abused. She was saying within that, there are a lot of times that you have to work a little bit harder and you have to communicate a little bit better. And I think most of us don't have the models. So for me, what I've started doing now to have healthy relationships is from day one, date one. And this is a cute thing you should do. Day one or date one? Day one or date one. Uh -huh. um, I say to my partner the five things or the person I'm talking to, the five things that I think I need in this moment to have a healthy relationship. And I ask them, what are the five things they need? Uh, what are those five things for you? Oh, I need communication. I need um, sensitivity, sensitivity slash empathy. Um, I need adventure. Um, I need sexuality and sensuality. I need a lot of that. Um, and I need a lot of vulnerability, um, which is different than the sensitivity, empathy right. um, for me. And those things right there, it's like, let's just get this out the way. Do you understand what those five things mean? And if you don't, I can give you some time to explain what those things are. So when I say I need adventure, it doesn't mean that I'm trying to, we need to be jumping out of planes every weekend, but it does mean at least once a month, we need to be a priority and we need to find something that's out of our everyday life to do together because I don't ever want to get into a routine with you. When I see say that I need communication, that means that in the hardest moments of our life, I need to know that you're not going to walk away, that you're going to talk to me. It doesn't mean that I can't give you space to cool off or to you know get your time, but even that is a little bit of a deeper conversation of like, what is that space and time? 
And I think too many people go through the happiness and the joy and like, oh, the excitement and the endorphins of it all. And then when those moments come, you have no baseline to say, well, I told you these were what I needed. Right. And I don't know what you need either because you never told me. What are the things that are important to you? Because I think the more you can be honest and transparent about what you need and not being like, well, I need somebody who's like, you know, money and I need like, no, like, because it's really more of that emotional and mental thing that you need that when the hardest moments is going to what's going to make you or break you. Yes. Can you be sensitive to me being sensitive? That's a big thing for me because I'm a Scorpio and I'm sensitive as hell. You say the wrong thing and I'm like, I'm like, hold on. I'm, I'm over it, you know, right now. And like, I'm like, hold on. Do I strike back or do I, do I go into like cry right now? I don't know. And so can you be sensitive to that? Um, is that too much for you? And I think that if more people could have those conversations from day one to create a foundation and understand that those things could change and you got to check back in on those things. Yeah. Because in three years, that might not be what I need anymore. And it might not be your list line that be what you need. But are you really having those conversations? And if you're already deep into a relationship and you see that there's areas that, you know, you need to work on, go back to the basics and say, what are the five things you need? What are the five things that you need that are going to make you feel? Because like sexual, you know, sensuality and sexuality and that stuff for me, a lot of people get older and or even young relationships and it starts to become not a priority for one partner or for both. And that could break people up. Right. Or make them start to cheat. So we have to come back together and re-engage like, what is the level of sexual intimacy that you need so we stay connected? Yeah. So you, you come to these five things day one. That's what you did with your current partner. Day one. Now, I told you the day me and my partner met, I thought it was a booty call. Yeah. And then we spent eight hours together, not even a single drip talking. And that was on the list of things we talked about. That was one of the things you talked about. He showed me his bank account that first night. Wait, the number to log in or how much he had in the bank account? He, he showed me his bank account. Oh, wow. And it wasn't something that was like, I'm showing off. It was, we were having a conversation about financial stability. I think that's so important to talk oh, about all these. Maybe it's not day one for everyone in every like dating experience, but I think it is so important. Why it, can't it be day one? Let's let's have uh, our I, conversation. I Why agree. can't it be? I agree because this is what I did with with Martha, my girlfriend. Uh -huh. The first day we had a lot of these conversations, and one of the things that we talked about was priorities. This wasn't day one, but this was pretty quick within our yeah. dating experience before we got committed and exclusive. She was like. What are your priorities in life? Yeah. The old priorities question that every man gets eventually, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, are you sure you want to hear the truth? Yeah. Because in the past, I felt like I had to skirt around the truth because there would be triggers or fear or mm -hmm. reactions. I said, are you sure you want to hear it? She said, yes. I go, you may not like what I'm about to say. And you may not want to hang out with me anymore. So just be aware. You're asking for this. Yeah. She said, what is it? And I said... My number one priority is not you. If we get into this committed relationship and no woman wants to hear or no other partner wants to hear, you're not number one. Mm. Now there's context around this. Yes, of course. My number one priority is my health, my spiritual, emotional, physical health. Yes. Because if I have bad health, I'm not going to be good for you. So for me, that's why my health is my top priority so that I can be of service to my number two priority, which is still not you. Doesn't mean you're not a top priority, but the number two priority at this season of my life is my mission, my purpose, what I feel like I'm called to do at this season. Yes. And that is what I'm up to currently. 
And it doesn't mean I'm not, I'm going to neglect you. I'm not going to have time for you, but you need to make sure that you don't pull me from my mission, mm. that you support me and elevate me in being of service to my mission because mm -hmm. it's important to me. Yeah. And if I feel like I'm pulled from it, then I'm probably going to resent the relationship. Mm -hmm. But if you are a full alignment that my number one and number two priorities and what they are, you're going to feel like the biggest priority in the world. You're going to feel like number one. You're going to, you're going to be have more time for me than ever before. You're going to get the best of me and you're going to have everything you want. Let me tell you something. This is why I was listening to you every morning for a year. Was like, let me tell you something. You ever been to a black church? Can you come to a black church and come and drop this knowledge? Cause you just, the pastor just came out in you. That is amazing. But I think, Good job. But I think you know, we, either I was attracting certain people or that weren't able to hear it with the context. Yes. Again, most people don't want to hear, I'm entering a relationship and you're not going to be my number one or two priority. But it's, again, building the context around it. Make sure that you you support me in going to the gym, doing therapy, doing things to support my growth. You support me in my mission. You you push me to go yeah. do it. And I'm going to give you all of me. So we're in line to what we're doing. We immediately told our partners what we need. And then there from there, it starts to expand. I would tell you to stop prefacing with you might not like this. Right. Because that you're you're already setting them up for something that you're you're unconsciously telling them. And it's like they should like this. And she they should then it. learn from it. Oh, she of course. It. That's why you're together. Right away she goes, yeah. Yes. She told me, like, yes, because she goes, every person I've been with didn't have a purpose. Mm. Maybe they had some skill or something they were doing, but they didn't love it. Yeah. They weren't fully invested in their mission mm -hmm. in life. And they made her their purpose. This is what she told me. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you're my purpose. She was like, no, I don't want that. Yeah. I want you to go do your thing and then we can do things together. together. Amen. And so, you know, she's on, a, she was on a healing journey. So she was more conscious in that way that she wasn't insecure if her partner was out in the world doing their thing. Mm -hmm. So, but I think having those conversations like we did early on for me has set me up for a lot more peace and harmony. Yeah. Again, there's, 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 uh, misunderstandings and we got to go through stuff all the time, but it's harmonious in those misunderstandings. I have to go reevaluate my list. Cause I'm, I'm going to tell Carlos, um, my, my new number one, Carlos is me. Um, I'm too codependent <laughs> for that. It's not happening. And it's not about like um, me. No, no, I'm, mess, yeah, I'm, messing yeah, yeah. With you. I'm messing with you. But no, I, I, I joke because I actually think it's beautiful. And I think yeah. it's something that should be taught more. And I think I unconsciously know how to do that already. Right. But I think the language that you provide in that is what is why, why I just said, mm, amen. That need, more people need to hear that is because that is such a powerful thing to be able to admit to someone else that my health and who I am is a priority. And I think it's beautiful because it just sets the tone. And, I, and you and I now are in a healthy relationship. You know, we're, we're both praying that we continue to grow with this person, um, the people that we're with, but at least it's healthy where we're at because of the fact that we made the choice to be honest and direct about what our foundation is. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's episode with all the important links. And if you want weekly exclusive bonus episodes with me personally, as well as ad-free listening, then make sure to subscribe to our Greatness Plus channel exclusively on Apple Podcasts. Share this with a friend on social media and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Let me know what you enjoyed about this episode 
episode in that review. I really love hearing feedback from you and it helps us figure out how we can support and serve you moving forward. And I wanna remind you if no one has told you lately that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great.